This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. It is episode 78, and we are talking Wrestle Kingdom 11 from New Japan Pro Wrestling and everything else. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. And joining us tonight, we have a very special guest. This is a guy who, in the podcast world, I actually look up a lot to. I don't miss their show, uh, even if it may get me in trouble at work every so often because they do it so early in the morning. I'm just kidding. I don't get in trouble at work. <laughs> We've got Andrew Zarian, host of the Matt Men podcast up there in Queens, GFQLive.tv, whenever they go live. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Hey, thank you for having me. By the way, let me just warn you already. I have been drinking since eleven thirty this afternoon, this morning actually. Uh, we did we did Matt Men at ten o'clock in the morning, and it's a tradition here at GFQ that we go out afterwards after Matt Men every weekend. We decided Rich and I and uh, Damien from the Last Mark Standing, uh, we decided we were going to go out. Rich left at around twelve o'clock. Very smart of him. Uh, Damien and I ended up staying. He did not go into work. And we ended up start. We drank till about four thirty in the afternoon. I came home. Uh, I cooked dinner. I had a couple more drinks. So I am at about an eight right okay. now on the drunk scale. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is, all I hear is you're pulling a Ric Flair to where you do a show, you go get lit, you go do another show, then get more lit, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. Listen, according to some of the reports, I, I hope I'm not going to hit the flare status at the bar because <laughs> I heard some really bad stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago with him. And did you uh, see, I, I, I'm so far not at that point. Did you see the video of him rec- of, that's going around that's viral right now? Yeah, deadlifting the, what? Like 400 something 400 pounds, pounds 400 yeah. 400 pounds. I don't even, I couldn't Jeez. get 400 pounds and I'm half his age and probably two times his weight or something i mean it's that's listen insane. he had terrible it was terrible like positioning to lift like I, because i come from a bodybuilding family his uh the way that he was lifting was terrible but man 67 years old lifting 400 pounds that's something really special there i hope when i'm 67 years old i'm lifting i can lift 400 pounds even though i can't do it now so i guess i got some work i yeah. gotta do to build up to it hope it's 67 i can get off the couch <laughs> <laughs> At the Man. rate I'm going, Mike, I'm, it's not going to happen for me. <laughs> well, the, to get into it, I mean, this has been probably, I think, a great week of wrestling. Wrestle Kingdom 11. I haven't gotten a chance to watch New Year's Dash yet. I'm probably going to watch that tomorrow. But Wrestle Kingdom 11, uh, incredible. Oh, man. It was amazing, uh, and I haven't even watched it yet. Mike, <laughs> Mike, you watched it? I have not yet. Mike, who saw it? Okay, Derek, you saw it, right? Yeah, you saw the I whole did, thing? I did, I did. Man, I have to tell you, um, as a big fan of New Japan, I mean, I've been watching it for, God, I'm 33 now, uh, 20 years almost, right? Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, this was one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. And the main event between Okada and Kenny Omega, single-handedly, according to a lot of people, and especially Dave Meltzer, considering he gave it a six-star out of his five-plus scale, uh, probably the greatest match that we will ever see in our lifetime. I, Unbelievable! It, it it was incredible, and I mean there was a four match span starting with 
Kushida versus Takahashi, moving on to Shibata versus Goto, moving on to Tanahashi versus Nato, moving on to the main event to where that was probably one of the greatest set of matches consecutively I've ever seen at a wrestling card. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. I mean, it was, um, you know, from watching last year's show, which I did not, I didn't enjoy Wrestle Kingdom 10 as much as I did 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to this, major step up, major step forward. They're, they're setting in stone who will be the future of this company. And obviously Okada is, Naido is, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, Mike Elgin. Oh, you know, yeah, they really yeah. played their cards right. And they kind of positioned everybody as to these are the guys that we want to focus on. And this is where we're headed. And it's beyond the Tanahashi era at this point. Right. Um, Shibata also. He is one of my favorite guys. To he's probably my favorite New Japan Pro Wrestling guy, just because he he probably has the best forearm I've ever seen anyone use in a match. He makes that thing just look painful. What do you think, Mike? Every time he's in a match, he looks every <laughs> makes everything look painful, <laughs> and then he can take everything like nothing hurts him. I gotta ask you guys this: What is the uh, Bullet Club Hunters? Is that is that an anti Bullet Club group? Is that it is okay? We, it uh, is. It's we, the uh, like the DX version. So if the Bullet Club is NWO, the Bullet Club Hunters is DX. Okay. Okay. All right. Billy Gunn was in the Battle Royal to start off, and he looked great. I heard he showed up. Yeah. Fifty years <laughs> old, right? Fifty three. Fifty three. Fifty three years old and looking jacked. Scott Norton. When he came out, I was like, "Is that freaking Scott Norton?" <laughs> I mean. Still looks like a brute powerhouse, and dude, the guy looks unbelievable. He's in his upper sick fifties now at this point. Um, the guy was as big as he was. Obviously, he has a little belly now, and his legs are a little thinner than they used to. Be, but man, he was in great shape. I thought so too. I mean, seeing those old NWO Japan guys all throughout that battle royal is great. I never get tired of seeing Cheeseburger come in and take the bumps. You're gonna see him take and. <laughs> You know, his shtick's funny over there, and uh, watching him work with Jushin Thunder Ligers always gives me a little chuckle whenever I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, you know you know what was interesting about that Rumble? Uh, they, they So it's a very different Rumble. It's not the traditional Royal Rumble right. for people that really don't know what it is. They do submissions. They do pinfalls. And it's primarily to focus on the older talent of New Japan Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I think I got one star as far as on the Meltzer scale. But, man, it was a lot of fun to watch it. Okay. And uh, big Mike Elgin, he uh, he got the win there. It's it's so funny how Michael Elgin in front of a J- Japanese crowd is just a god. And when he comes back here to the States, everyone just really pushes him aside and is not really a big fan of his like an ROH crowd is not just going to give the cheers I think Mike Elgin deserves I think he's a great worker he said um they called the Scott Norton effect right (laughs) same thing with Scott Norton he was not a big he was not a big draw here in the states but man in Japan they loved them yeah yeah completely agree uh Okada had the same kind of thing though because he had a short stint in TNA and just yeah that was probably TNA's fault because they don't know what to do but speaking of TNA uh, the big news today, they were bought out by Anthem Sports. They're like, what, 85% owner or something like that now? Uh, Dixie Carter is was forced to retire. Yeah, pretty much. Like, Which, she's working more on the 
behind the scenes. She has pretty much no say in in TNA now. And I think they're bringing in. I think Ryan Satin broke that they're bringing Jeff Jarrett's going to have Jeff a Jarrett's coming back role in backstage, which yeah. I think is great <clears throat> for that company. I always I've always thought when Jeff Jarrett was running it, he did a, as good a job as he could have done in that role. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, Let's see what happens. I mean, the, the rumors are that Jeff Jarrett is at tapings right now, and so is Dutch Mantel. And these two were, you know, two major reasons why TNA became TNA. And uh, I'm hoping that this is all positive for the company because people need jobs, and we need another promotion in this country, obviously. Uh, we need two and three and four promotions that are able to compete. I don't know if necessarily Jeff Jarrett is the guy that's going to bring TNA into that into you know the new generation of TNA, the new era of TNA, but way better than what they had initially. Uh, I think Dixie had mm -hmm. to go, and I think this was a good step forward. And uh, I I'm curious to see what comes out of these tapings. I am too. Uh, you know, just keep kind of keep what you're doing with some of your characters. Let Matt Hardy do whatever the hell he wants to do at his shows. You know, with Jeff Hardy. And the Hardys' contracts are up in February, so they're trying to make sure that they re-sign them. And there's a lot of other companies that are interested mainly wwe but wwe the whole thing about that is the schedule you know if, if they can't get a schedule that they like then they're not going back to wwe and really i don't want to see I, I would rather see the broken matt hardy character in like nxt yeah i don't think on the main shows that vince I, i'm sure and andrew could probably tell you better about this but i don't think vince would understand the broken matt hardy character on raw and really not give it the what's the word uh the push, the rub. Yeah, sure. I don't. I just don't think he would be that behind. Be, what is this? I, I think if they brought the Hardys back, it would be like when they just brought back the Dudleys. There'd be a nostalgia factor starting out, and then they would just drift into nothingness. I mean, well, if you bring Matt Hardy to the WWE and he's not broken, Matt, the people are going to turn on it quickly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, you know what's interesting? I, I think it's a very different era. I would have agreed with that, uh, but. The last year or so has been a very different era as far as who they bring in and what they keep and what they don't keep. It may be very possible that they want to bring the broken gimmick. It's gotten over, obviously. You hear it in uh, at events. You hear the delete chain happening. Mm -hmm. It's quite possible that they keep this whole uh, broken Matt Hardy thing. I don't know if they would do it with Jeff, though. I think Jeff is the Hardy in the WWE. I think it's it's a very different positioning for each, for both you know, Hardy's at this point. I don't know if Vince saw Matt and Jeff avail available. Probably he would keep this broken Matt thing, but I don't know if he would do it with Jeff. Yeah, he probably he'd want to see Jeff doing the Daredevil. And, and apparently the whole Brother Nero thing is, is run its course. It's done, like, you know. Yeah, now he's bro bro Yeah, broken Matt has, like, itch restored week. him or whatever from for paying his Being debt. broken. Yeah. Ah, I'm so behind on TNA. When was the last time you watched TNA, Mike? Jeez. I haven't watched it this past week yet. Okay, I I just Thursday nights usually we're in here and I don't get yeah. a chance to watch it. I'm how, how caught up on you on Lucha Underground? I haven't watched it last night, but I've watched okay. everything up until. So you see that the Mac was the number yeah. one contender right. for the Lucha Underground. That company, the way they treat everyone, it's it's amazing how many stars <coughs> they have. Andrew, when's the last time you got to watch Lucha Underground? Uh I want to say about two three weeks ago. Okay. Did you have you seen So I'm it? a couple of weeks behind. It's you know, this season it started off extremely slow, but I think it's starting to pick up and 
they're having their mid-season finale next week, and it's going to be the Mac versus Mundo in a uh, all night match. Is it a mid-season or is it a season finale? Mid-season, mid-season. It's not Ultimate Lucha three yet, which I can't wait for because I, the one thing I'm waiting for for that one is Katrina versus Ivelisse. We are going to mm. get that in the <clears> finale this year, and it's going to be awesome. I don't know. You know what it is. I, I I'm so. My, my schedule when it comes to wrestling has gotten so, I guess, it's overwhelmed. It's hard. Where mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like, there's certain, like I miss NXT every couple of weeks because I can't fit it in. Well, and it, I'm so tired of it. And Lucha Underground is one of those shows that I have a very difficult time fitting in. So what I end up doing is binging, you know, like a couple hours worth yeah. to catch yeah. up. Well, and for me, it was hard to watch Lucha Underground because my cable service just finally picked up the El Rey network. So it's a lot easier when you have it on the DVR yeah. and getting to record. But I mean, there's so much content out there, and especially like when you get these weekends like WrestleMania weekend, where you have a four hour or six hour show on Sunday, a two hour NXT <laughs> show on Saturday. The, uh, like the Hall of Fame. The Hall of, oh, the Hall of Fame. It kills me every year now because those speeches just go on. Like, I love the Freebirds. I do. I love them so much. <laughs> that speech at the Hall of Fame last year, like when the guy said, "I want to hear more fabulous Freebird story," I'm like, "I don't." No. God, get off the. Delete. Ah, let me tell you, me Delete. and Jimmy James Garvin were. You know, it's always like the Michael Hayes story about being, you know, drunk or high on something with Jimmy Jam Garvin, and then Terry Gordy beats everybody up. Yeah, that's, oh, that's <laughs> every and you know. I, I don't know. There, who, there was someone that had like a really short speech, and I, I like stood up and applauded it when I saw <laughs> it. Like, thank you for getting yeah. on the stage and getting off of it. Let's go through our chat room here. Rick Oslo in our chat room says, I remember when TNA first got on Spike TV, I wanted to watch it just for the sole purpose of Jeff Hardy. I can remember when Hardy was a draw, too. Uh, yeah. And I remember reading um, back in the day when I, could, when I picked up a wrestling magazine here or there, and I kept hearing about this AJ Styles guy. Yeah, and it, dude from Georgia tearing it up on TNA, and I had to see him. And it's crazy just how up and down that company has gone over the years. Yeah, and for a while, you know, TNA was the the has beens of WWE for the most part. I mean, anybody, you know, in anyone who had already had their run and everybody thought was past their time, TNA picked up and. Just put them to work. What was the two old people factions in TNA? There was the Immortals. Was that the no. Immortals? And I forgot the other the one. Main event, the main event, event Mafia. Mafia. Oh my! And which one was main Scott? Event Mafia. What was one? Was well, I mean, even before that, go, go, go. Even before that, uh, when TNA started in 2002, it was literally WCW. Yeah. They had all <laughs> the WCW guys: Scott Hall Scott and Hall Disco Inferno and Hoovy. I mean, it was all the WCW dudes that Jeff were brought Jarrett. in there. Yeah. Uh, just so much wrestling, so much <laughs> wrestling. So, man, uh, going back to Wrestle Kingdom 11, man, yeah, that I, Mike, I, I try, I'm going to try to talk about it as much as I can without. I mean, I, I don't care about spoilers. It's not going to keep me from watching okay. it. I mean, I don't, I can, truly don't care. You know, <clears throat> that four match span, like I said, was awesome. Uh, it was all so great. The, the spots from with Kenny Omega and. Um, Okada. Okada. I mean, that is. Man, what, what? I mean, scary. Some of them. I mean, that Snapdragon from the top, 
the 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 drop kick from the top to the back of the head. I I mean it was endless. Those scary scary spot. I mean the table spot was scary. Uh, they beat the crap out of each other. And I think Okada said in an interview said he said that in all the years he's wrestled, this was the first time that he thought he would actually die wrestling. <laughs> That table spot where I think uh, Kenny Omega jumped off the apron and just slammed into it, just ugh. so sick, man. So sick. Uh, there was a spot where literally I was like, I was yelling, don't do it because it looked like Kenny Omega was setting up a one-winged angel onto an outside table. And I was like, please don't do this. <laughs> don't do this bump. Please don't do it. And, and luckily they didn't. But Kenny Omega took a bump where uh, he got thrown. He got He took a back body drop out of the ring and onto a table, and I mean, that, ugh. Nah, I can't wait. It, it, and there's an, another bump like that in the match was um, with the junior heavyweight, a junior tag team match where Trent Beretta went flying oh, outside man. of the ring, and I, it looked like he busted his tailbone. I mean, landed right on his tailbone, and then he was out for most of the match, so it was Rocky Romero versus uh, the Young Bucks, and I mean, mm-hmm. it was a great, it, they told a great story. And what did you happen to notice, Andrew, the Young Bucks tights? What was it, their face on it? No, it was it was um, pictures of all the titles that they were actually carrying out. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice that, that no. I, was, I saw it because I, I was kind of glancing. I was like, wait a minute. They've got, not only are they carrying all those belts out there, but it's on their tights. It was awesome. And yeah, I'm not a Young four Bucks titles. Huh. It. I like that, and you said this on your show, which um, you can follow them is at Madman Podcast on Twitter. At Madman Podcast, yeah. It was cool that um, New Japan was allowing these guys to come up with t- come out with titles from other companies. Yeah, I thought you know that really made it feel like a big time event. That's the fact that the Rep Pro title was there, the PWG title was there, the Ring of Honor title was there. They really, uh, they really pushed the fact that these are the best wrestlers in the world with their titles and all their accomplishments coming to the dome i i, I really enjoyed them walking out it felt like a real big sporting event I, I agree uh kyle o'reilly dropped the roh title to adam cole and news mm-hmm. behind that is they're thinking <coughs> kyle o'reilly is not going to be with ring of honor for much longer yeah, yeah. yeah by the way no yeah. uh <laughs> adam cole might not be there either yeah I, he was announced too man if i if if for some reason in NXT this next year you see Kyle O'Reilly taking on Nakamura for the NXT title, oh my God! I don't, oh yeah. Uh. You know what's interesting about this though? Uh, Ring of Honor, out, out of the biggest losers of the year, I would say it wasn't TNA, but it was Ring of Honor in 2016. Mm-hmm. They took a major hit with with talent. I mean, Mike Elgin they lost. I mean, obviously the AJ Styles. Uh, Gallows, Anderson, they were doing a lot of indie, uh, Ring of Honor events. They lost a lot of key players in that company. Uh, Maria Kanellis. The Kingdom. Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett yeah. yeah, I mean, those. the Kingdom was a great act, I thought. Great I, act. I great loved, act. And losing them to TNA, I mean, the Miracle, Mike Bennett, and Maria. I was really hoping that they would end up in NXT because I want Maria oh, yeah. back in the WWE. That's just me. But as long as the Bellas are there, oh, it whatever. won't happen. Whatever. Yeah, they won't be there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, Kushida is probably one of the best wrestler, overall wrestlers in the world. He is so smooth 
with how he transitions from move to move. Mm-hmm. I mean, him and Takahashi, uh, I think they had great chemistry. And, of course, every person that's my favorite in New Japan, uh, pretty much all of them lost <laughs> this week. I know I'm giving you spoilers out the head. Said, right? I, it's, I, it's, I don't mind. It's not going to watching. Shibata loses the never-open-weight <laughs> title to Goto. Uh, how, did, uh, how did Cody do? It was all right. It was Terrible. a good match. Really? You didn't like it? I don't know, man. Yeah, I did not like it at all. He did not. I, I was way more impressed with uh, with Juice Robinson than I was with Cody. I, I was actually very disappointed in Cody in in that match. Well, he's got to learn, you know, his like you guys said on your show, and I, I hate. I feel like I'm stealing your content by saying something. No, no, stuff, please go ahead. I steal Meltzer shit all the time. Oh, sorry, I don't know if you guys. Curse. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, curse, yeah, yeah, curse yeah. All you I steal Meltzer's. I steal Meltzer's uh, stuff all the time, so don't feel bad. Uh, but it, it's, uh, you know, he's still used to working in front of a WWE camera and working the WWE style. That when he gets in front of these other ones, like, you know, he's probably expecting reactions when in front of a Japanese crowd. You don't. It's a little. It's a quieter crowd, oh, but yeah. at the right spots, they'll go ooh. Yeah. Ah, except, <laughs> except in the main event, that's I, the loudest I, I've heard a Japanese crowd during yeah. the main event. I oh mean, man, you know the whole show was pretty loud. I was shocked for a Russell Kingdom show because normally it takes a couple hours for them to get into it. But they were into this thing from like the second match on. I think Cody suffered from a similar issue that a lot of American wrestlers face there, and we saw the same thing happen. With Jay, uh, Jay Lethal and uh, Big Mike Elgin last year at Russell Kingdom, is that the American style is very different than what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And Cody was really, uh, and not only does Cody have an American style, he has a WWE style, and you could tell by those close fists that yeah. he was throwing, yeah. and the rat constantly was telling him to stop throwing the close fists to the point where it took Cody a while, and finally he realized, like, oh crap, I'm in Japan, there is no close fist here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually go by wrestling rules. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember back in the day, WCW did a match where it's like, if you break any rule, the match is over, and a dude lost because he threw a punch. <sighs> yeah, it's fine. Listen, those are part of the rules, right? WWE is releasing that rule book uh, in, I think, a month or so. I'm curious to see if close fists are in there. I'd like to see them get away from the closed fist because um, I've heard Jim Ross, I've heard Ken Shamrock talk about it. If you go punch someone in the fist, in the face with your fist, more than likely you're going to break their your hand before you hurt them. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and imagine how many times the Rock does it in a in a match, you know? Yeah, yeah. Plus, well, I actually, no. The Rock, the Rock slaps. Yeah, right? the Rock Isn't does the slap? slap. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Wow. Yeah, but like like Shane O'Mac. Yeah. He always does yeah. the, the or, fist. Or road dog Jesse James. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine him trying to do his little forearm <laughs> shiver and then trying to dance. I mean, it just wouldn't work right. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, man, I, I like I said, it, oh, another team that I was rooting for. I love the Gorillas of Destiny. I, I love that tag team so much. And, of course, they lose to Hanma <laughs> and Maccabee. Of course. And – uh, uh, with those with with those vicious MF bombs. Oh man, the entire Ta- match. I, Tangaroa was just la- laying them out. At one point, he just yells out, "I hate you, motherfucker!" <laughs> that's and, and it's that's still. But it, they had a great match. And it, who else was in that match? I know it was Hanma and Makabe, and they're entertaining to watch. Which one? Hanma and Makabe. 
That's headbutt. That a lot. Yeah, he he tries to headbutt like thirty <laughs> times during the match, and he'll hit two. Well, and it just the way he styles his hair and everything, it's just perfect yeah, for GHB headbutts. team G- GHB. I think it should be more more like team GHB. My the gimmick I give them is that they just slip roofies to people's drinks at clubs. <laughs> They're so creepy looking, especially Hama with that ridiculous voice and the blonde hair. Yeah. Uh. And who was uh, LIJ in that match, too, or were they in the other tag match? No, that was the other one. Okay, the, the Los, Los Ingobernables de Chopin. Yeah. Yeah, Los Ingobernables, yeah. Uh, so they were in the other tag match with the Young Bucks and... No, they were in the uh, they were in the three the six That's man. That's it. The, okay, the six man yeah. gauntlet match. You know, one thing that was different about this uh, this New Japan card, there weren't uh, three four man tag team matches to start off the show, and I think that's something that helped kind of keep the show flowing. You didn't get those filler four man Toriyanu going out and doing his shtick uh, with and Captain New Japan and or what? But what is he now? Bone Crusher. Bone Soldier, yeah. Bone Soldier. Bone Soldier. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> but you didn't get those so, matches, and I think it, it helped move the card through a little bit better because you're not getting these boring eight-man tags to start off the show three times. What do you think? Well, I, I have to tell you, I, I thought it was a very good flow to this show. Um, you're, you're, you know, Japan is notoriously known for those five-man and four-man tags, but you have to remember they – did not incorporate a lot of the um, uh, other promotions in yeah. this card. They didn't have Noah involved, where in previous years they had, you know, like a five-man Noah, where it was like Suzuki Gun, which we did see them uh, make a return. Suzuki Gun and Chaos, and we got these like crazy five-man matches. We didn't have that this year. I, I think the that Rumble, the New Japan Rumble, kind of took its place. And we also had that paid spot from the uh, Tiger Mask comic book, oh, Tiger yeah. Mask anime, yeah. which kind of took that spot. So you, you're you're filling in the blanks there with uh, you know stuff that that was interesting. Uh, I, I think it was more of a lack of roster than it was a uh, a, a thoughtful booking where oh we got to stay away from this like five man type matches. Okay. I could see it like that. It, I, for me, I enjoyed it because sometimes when you watch these New Japan shows, you have to fast forward through some of those tag matches because it's just the same old. I mean, you you look at look at um, Russell Kingdom Nine, right? Yep. You had Noah, you had Noah there, yeah, CMLL, and you had Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and you had the NWA all represented on the show. Hmm. So know. you know, two years ago, yeah, there was a lot of people in the mix. Now, very different. Yep. When, what do you, what do you think it, Russell Kingdom Eleven would have looked like had the purge not happened with some of the folks that are now in the WWE? It would have been, God, if I'm gonna guess, AJ Styles versus Kenny Omega okay. for the IWGP title. And actually, I'm sorry, Kenny Omega. It, this is how I would have done it: Nakamura Okada for the for the title. Uh, mm-hmm. for the IWGP title. You would have had the grudge match for control of the Bullet Club between AJ Styles and Omega. Very cool. You would have had the IWGP IC title between Tanahashi and Mike Elgin. And you would have had probably uh, Gallows and Anderson versus... Against uh, GGBH. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and it, and you know I'm we're in, I'm in the Matt Men Facebook group, and we all saw that post, uh, and I don't I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, we're all discussing the is John Cena a better worker than AJ Styles? And come on, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, no, this dude is saying like, yo, I don't see why people are so into AJ Styles. His ring work is not as good as Cena. Yeah, you know what though? I, I did my homework on this guy, and you know, at first I thought he was a troll, and then I figured out. I, I learned. I, I saw from his Facebook. He's a kid. He's like seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously he's not going to know what AJ Styles' background is like right. and what he really did in Japan. He's probably seen a couple of clips on YouTube, and he's never really watched a big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, again, it's all. It's all wrestling is very. Uh, it's 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 a very broad type thing that we watch, and some people could love, you know, Cena and think everybody else sucks, and other people's could be realistic and think that's not true. <laughs> and it's it goes back to a former uh, podcast host at Kayfabe Connection said, "Wrestling is ice cream flavors. You're not gonna like every sure. one of them, but everyone has their favorite they like: Rocky Road, Cookies and Cream, you know, Butterfinger, whatever, right. blah blah blah, or." Or if you're a craft brew nerd, it's the same thing. You know, I like this Memphis-made IPA or blah, blah, blah. That's all wrestling is. and You know, just watch it to enjoy it. And I watch it to get out because my wife lets me watch it a couple of times a week, a couple of hours without bugging me. But if I go too far over the board, start watching the network for hours on end, I get I get a hand upside the head <laughs> that says, please, please, let's watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you've got uh, I I watch during the day. Yeah, that's I work from home a lot now, so I can yeah. I have stuff going on. That's how I've been able to watch Wrestle Kingdom Eleven all week. It, you know, I had to pause it a couple of times to take calls and stuff like that. But work it does feel like watching it all week, right? It was six hours. So oh my God, yes, it's almost a full it's almost a full shift of my work. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I had full shift <laughs> that I had New Japan Pro Wrestling in the background. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have. The trivia segment. We will be. And right it's a back. good one. Oh, it's a good one. I like. I like a good one. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. This is the Oversell Podcast. Okay. I never get tired of this song. I really don't. It's still my ringtone. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. I gotta ask this: What has been your guys' favorite Nakamura entrance since he's come back, or since he's joined NXT? All of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, you know what? The first one, the first time he showed up on TV, that I could not believe, and he's going nuts with his hand things like this. He did the whole Nakamura thing. Uh, I, I didn't care for the P- the violin one as much. You know what? The last one I did not care for as much. Actually, I enjoyed that one because there was um, a blonde chick that was playing in the ring that looked like she wanted to slide up in the Nakamura DMs, if you know what I mean. Was she like one of the bullet babes from last night? Oh, my God. All right. Jeez. Mike, the, uh, what, I, I, now I'm blanking on the name. It was uh, – what's the guy's name that he, they come out uh, with? Takahashi. Takahashi with, Takahashi with the Bullet Club comes out 
and he has his women, and I have a feeling that every cameraman with New Japan Pro Wrestling is bu- are butt guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I've seen all him come out before. Big time. Uh, with, yeah. I mean, they, and that's all they focused on with the butt. And, of course, yeah. these girls are playing up to it, and all of them were twerking about five minutes. And there was this one that had, like, this bunny mask on, and it was, whoa. It's good to see that twerking has gone global. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was something else to see. I I, I cannot believe that they were th- those those camera guys are very very invasive with their camera movements. <laughs> buttholes, buttholes galore. But a lot of buttholes, <laughs> a ton. That's all they care about. They don't care about anything else. They're just zooming in on this poor poor girl's butthole. Well, as- I don't know somebody got paid about fifty bucks to show up. Probably, yeah, probably 50, 30, I don't know, just the chance to be in with, uh, with the Bullet Club. Maybe they did it for free. You never know. Who knows? Who knows what strip club they raided to get those chicks? <laughs> the great strip club raid of 2017. Yeah, Vince goes, I need the bunny babe. <laughs> you know, Vince could sign that guy and, uh, would, and he would think, ah, it's like an Asian hoe train. Ha, ha, ha. We're gonna call it the the A train, and we're gonna we're gonna put earrings on them. We've done that, Vince. <laughs> We've done that. Uh, what? I never knew that. Oh well, let's try it again. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Well, as we like to do every week, uh, this is our n- newest segment that we've added on. Where we've got our trivia segment here, and it's Mike's turn to come up with the question. It's going to be Mike asking the question, and me versus. Andrew Zarian. Now, we had Rich on. Yeah. Me and him tied. We tied. But the audio was crap, so I couldn't use it because you (laughs) couldn't hear Rich at all. You could hear a very faint, yeah, hey, guys, how's it going? I'm like, no. He's he's also very soft-spoken compared to me, so that that doesn't help either. So, well, Mike, I'm going to turn the show over to you. It's yours. Ask away. All right. this, This trivia question with the Rumble coming up in three or four weeks, however long it is, it's actually a break of pay-per-views now for WWE. Thank God. Not having one every other week. The 29th. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but this is the top ten oldest competitors to ever be in the Rumble. So at the time they were in the Rumble, you know, their age, this is the top ten oldest. Okay. And we want to do the, the three-strike thing or... Just kind of go back and forth, and we'll then if it takes the, takes too long, then we'll start bringing in the strikes. Yeah, there we go. That'll be the way to do it. As always, <clears throat> guest gets to go first. So, Andrew, you are up. Uh, oldest, I would say, one, I would say Bob Backlund. No. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Ric Flair. Ric Flair is number five. He was wow. 57 when he was in it in 2007. Wow. Number five, okay. Uh, do I go now? You're yeah, up. yeah. Uh, Vince. Vince is number ten. Fifty three in ninety nine. That is a good, good, good guess. Hmm. <clears throat> and uh, that was the year he won it, wasn't it? No. I, uh, ninety nine. Vince did win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to block that from my memory, <laughs> thinking that he was a. I forgot he was a Royal <laughs> Rumble winner. Uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan. Number four. Woo! 58 in 2012. Uh, God, oldest. So I'm trying to think back to recent rumbles. I would go 
DDP. DDP is number three. Ooh. 58 in wow. 2015. Wow. Uh, Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash is number seven. 54, oh. 2014. Oh, and fucking fire! <laughs> so wait, that's great. So who do we have so far? We got Nash? <clears throat> right now we've got DDP, Hacksaw, Flair, Nash, and Vince. Uh, we got Flair. Uh, God, uh, we're in our 50s. Something in 50 years old. Uh, nah, how about um, Jimmy Snuka? Jimmy Snuka, number one. Whoa! No way! <laughs> in 2008, when he showed up, he was 64. Wow! Really? I was going based on like 90. I didn't even remember him from 2008. I was going based on like a 90s appearance. Uh, uh, Hulk Hogan? No. Oh. Ooh. And just so you know, it's tied three to three right now. Three to three. So there's four left. Uh, I, let's go with, uh, Funk. Terry Funk, number nine. Ooh. Oh, good, because I was going with Flash <laughs> Funk. I'll take it. Fifty-three in two thousand eight. Wow. Yeah, ninety-eight. Yeah. Uh, that was the spot where it was him and Cactus in the ring at the same time, right? That sounds right. To yeah. Me. <clears throat> right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Man, now now it's getting. <clears throat> it's only three slim left. Slim pickings. Uh. In one of these, honestly, I'll be surprised if either one of you get. I have I, mean, I have one, one I have one that I've sound, I have in the back of my head and I'm saving for last because I'm not too sure. Piper. Piper is number eight. <laughs> Fifty-three in two thousand eight. Wow. <clears throat> I may use one of my go-to's because I have I think I know which one you're talking about. You're, you're uh, right. I'm going based on the '97 Rumble because I just watched it. I want to say ten hours ago. I'm going to go with Mil Mascaras. That is right. Wow. Good pick. Good <laughs> That's pull. the one that Good I saved. Pull. And you know what? That's so funny because you said it was a tri- trivia. We were going to do it today. And I was watching because uh, I, I watch all the old rumbles leading up to the current one. Mm-hmm. And I remember he showed up and he was really old. And they made a point to saying he was 54 years old. That is right. Uh, oh, man. Do, you remember, do you know how he, how he got eliminated? <clears throat> He eliminated himself. He jumped over the, the top to. Yes, he jumped over because he, he forgot yeah. that that's how you get eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's back to me, Patterson. No, oh. and there's only one left. Oh. So I mean, yeah, we're oh, we're down man. to the final one. What's a t- what's the score? Yeah, what <clears throat> what do we have? So, Derek, you were down one. Oh no. Five to four. Oh no. So this is either going to be a tie or an ass whooping. Oh. <laughs> hey, in the wing loss column, everything's an ass whooping. So who do we have so far on the list? Okay. Number one, Snooka. We got three okay. is DDP. Basically, we're missing number two. That's the one we're looking for here. Uh, four, Hacksaw. Five, Ric Flair. Six, Mil Mascaris. Seven, Nash. Eight is Piper. Nine, Funk. Ten, Vince. God. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Mm. 
I'm trying to go by surprise appearance. So I can't think of anybody on the roster. We said Bob Backlund isn't part of it. Oh, man. Can we get a hint? You want a hint? You can have a hint. We can have a hint, sure. Uh, Even though it's your turn. Uh, Or maybe like the year or... Okay, all right. Like like something about eliminations or something. All right, well, we'll we'll start with the year 2012. Okay. So fairly recent. The year CM Punk was in there. And Why we had Punk and, in there that year? And, and a, if I remember correctly, he only eliminated one person, which doesn't really help much. Because, but, <laughs> but th- th- this <laughs> is one where like, there's hints I could give, but it would give it away. It would give it away. Uh, are we talking? <clears throat> God, is he a wrestler? Yes. He is a wrestler. So I was not... going to go with like a celebrity. No, I mean, I, don't he think... was... I was going to go with Drew Carey, but I don't think uh, he's that old. Yeah, he wasn't that uh, old when he was yeah. in it. And that 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 was the worst <laughs> ever thing to I'm ever happen. I'm trying to think who they would have on contract that would be old enough to compete in a Rumble. Let's go with Lawler. You got it. Damn it. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> not Lawler. Your guy. Yeah, that's that's why I <laughs> I, w- I was disappointed, Derek. Oh, <laughs> you didn't get that I, one. <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed with myself, and I think I just broke one of the. I, I'm actually I shocked that Bob Acklin wasn't on this list. But yeah, uh, 2012, Lawler was 62. And wow. he came out. Um, I mean, he, he came, came in, in like, and he eliminated. Uh, was it was it Michael Cole that he yeah. threw out? Yeah, it was Michael Cole. I mean, he just came in right off of the announce table and. You know, as a as a guy that grew up Memphis wrestling, I am very upset <laughs> that I didn't even think. I, my guess was going to be Sergeant Slaughter because I thought he was in one of those. Oh, you know what? Ones. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, but my doubt. Touche. Great question. <laughs> I have to bow down. I'm bow, You can't see me right now, Andrew. I'm bowing down to your knowledge of the Royal Rumble. So congratulations, you, you won. You know, the- I that is actually one of the ones that I cannot be beat on. Uh, WrestleMania, I'll probably lose because Rumble is my favorite pay per view of all time. But Rumble's always the one show I look forward to most out of every year, just because you. And this year is, I think, it's it's very unpredictable as to where they're going to go. <laughs> With, with with the rump, there's several different directions you could go that would make for great storytelling, and uh, you know it could be uh, Braun Strowman. You know it, they could pull a thing and have Braun Strowman win. It could be. I would love that. I it, I, I, I would love it too, but it, this this I, I would love it just to see the marks lose their mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I, I love people saying that uh, Braun Strowman is not that good in the ring, but. To me, he's bringing back the lost art of a dominant big man in wrestling. Yeah. You don't have to look good. You just dominate. Right. Speaking of that, have y'all seen uh, Big Show lately? Looking good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Lost some weight. Yeah, man. I'm going to go on that Big Show, (coughs) ride your bike. Because that's (laughs) that's one of the things he's always. I can't. I'd love to see the bike that the Big Show had to buy in order to be able to ride. That sucker has to be as big as my truck. He just yeah, he just straps two pickups to his feet and just roller skates <laughs> down the road. 
Well, you want to do a uh, <laughs> Memphis wrestling moment, Mike? Yeah, I believe I got one of them. So, Andrew, this is the party show. We bought a book here, and this guy named Mark James, he um he goes through, and, and what's the years on this book, Mike? I think it's like 72 to... Uh, 1970 through 1985. Which were the money years of Memphis professional wrestling. This guy has gathered up every single card and every single newspaper article they did afterwards that had the result in it, and he publishes them in a book every year. I mean, it, it's... it's oh, no. It's a very cool book. I think he's at Memf- at Wrestling History on Twitter or Memphis Wrestling, something like that on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's a. I don't know if he's actually got it in the book or not. Yeah, I don't, he may not have it in the book. We'll figure that part out. But go ahead and get to the moment. You'll like this part. <clears throat> All right. We're going to go with Monday, January 7th, 1980. Mid-South Coliseum. Starting at the bottom, Buddy Wayne versus Jerry Barber. Tojo Yamamoto versus Jerry Bryant. Sonny King versus Paul Ellering. The Assassins versus Rick and Robert Gibson. That was the Southern Tag Team title match. Uh, The main event, six-man tag team match. Jerry Lawler, Jimmy Valiant, and Jimmy Hart versus Steve Regal, Rick Morton, and Big Red. Assassins take tag title. The Assassins defeated Rick and Robert Gibson in the feature match on last night's Mid-South Coliseum wrestling card to become the new Southern Tag Team Champions. In other matches, before a crowd of 4,689, Buddy Wayne defeated Jerry Barber. Jerry Bryant beat Bub Smith. Sonny King bested Paul Ellering. And Jerry Lawler teamed with Jimmy Hart and Jim Valiant to defeat Steve Regal, Rick Morton, and Big Red. Wow. So Very fun. A little over f- almost 4,700 people Andrew, on a Monday night. I, it, you know, if if you go back and, you know, you, you had a territory. You guys had a territory <coughs> up there. The Bruno San Martino. You know, you guys. Yeah, the Bruno bringing, territory, yeah. You, you guys, I think y'all are bringing in like 24,000 a week in ma- or a month in Madison Square Garden. Down here in Memphis, they were doing, you know, at, when they're at, when it was at its populous, popular time, most popular time, they were doing like thirteen thousand people a week in the mid south. Unbelievable I on mean, Mondays, yeah. yeah, on Monday nights, and <clears throat> Raw had to come along, and WWE had to come <laughs> along, and had to ruin it. Oh, they brought wrestling on Monday nights to TV, so people didn't have to leave their couch to watch wrestling, and it killed the Memphis the wrestling genius character. of it. Oh, Son of a bitch. Yeah, man. it's amazing. It's amazing because according to uh, according to New York, Bruno sold the garden now for eight thousand consecutive months. Yep. Damn. And you know like eighty eighty five million consecutive months Bruno sold out that garden. <laughs> I mean, it's just every every year that number gets bigger and bigger. It went from like twenty five consecutive shows to you know, now eighty thousand consecutive shows with the same main event. <laughs> And it's it's incredible because the crazy thing about it was you know you weren't seeing everything once a week on TV, so you would go to these events and see Hulk Hogan or whatever. Um, it's just it's incredible what TV has done to live events because yep. you know you used to go to live events because you wouldn't see Hogan on TV, you wouldn't see him on Superstars, the syndicated television on Channel Thirty here on Memphis or whatever like that. It's just, it's incredible how much. On top of that, forget about live TV, right? But when we had TV, we didn't. We just had squash matches. Matches. We didn't have, you know, one major main event. But everything else was just 
uh, local jobber versus whoever you were profiling that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about The Undertaker. That's how we got over. Uh, the entire concept of The Undertaker was based on squash matches. He would just show up and he would bury whoever it was, literally, yep. and then he would leave. And Monday Night Raw really changed everything with getting rid of the squash match and just making it into a, uh, you know, just a, a glorified house show on TV. Have you ever seen the debut uh, videos they did for the Kamala back in the day in Memphis wrestling? Oh my God! Yeah, in the jungle. Yeah. Well, like in the in the shrubs. <laughs> you, well, you know where that was filmed, don't you? Was it Lawler or Jarrett's Ranch? It was at Jerry Jarrett's Ranch in Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. They took dry ice, put it in the pond. That's what got the smoke effect. All the stuff he that Kamala wore in that, he uh, he, it was stuff Jerry Jarrett had bought over the years, and he. They saw that, and Lawler saw this guy backstage, and he's like, I've got the perfect idea. And it was really interesting because after those promos, the Mid-South Coliseum sold out, and they had to turn like 5,000 people away because people wanted to see what this Kamala gimmick was. And, and poor Kamala, he thought that, you know, uh, Jerry Lawler used to do the the star in the moon on his chest. Yeah, he thought it was a banana. And the poor guy thought it was a banana. He was drawing a <laughs> banana on his stomach every, every time. And he goes... And he goes, Mr. Lawler, why are you drawing a banana? He goes, it's not. It's a moon. <laughs> Poor guy. Actually, this week I uh, sent uh, a guy at work, and my work didn't has never seen any of the Andy Kaufman videos of him that he would send down to Memphis. Have you seen those? Yes. Oh, brilliant. You wanna so ra- good. You want to wrestle me, Mr. Lawler? Come plow the field, Memphis, Tennessee, which, like, Memphis is not that kind of crowd. We are a blues type of crowd. We're not – rednecks that come to shows in overalls and cowboy hats you know we are it's it's funny the stigma we get so uh, here's a question about memphis wrestling to you uh did ox baker wrestle in memphis a lot oh man because he was a georgia guy in the 80s i know he did georgia a lot but I, i don't know if he ever did memphis i don't remember the name to be honest he may have it may have been just as another name it doesn't sound familiar to me it may he may have just been an NWA guy or a Crockett Promotions guy. Yeah, it could have been he was a Crockett guy. Because um, uh, there was a lot of crossover. That it, I think it was 84 that Kamala uh, went over to uh, Crockett. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Such an interesting time. I mean, you had Eddie Gilbert. You had Hot Stuff Eddie oh, Gilbert. Oh, you had, the... I mean, all these guys that were all over from territory to territory. Hey, I'll tell you something. You want to piss a bunch of, like, old wrestling people off? Go into a wrestling group or something like that and say that Kevin Owens is this generation's Eddie Gilbert, and I swear <laughs> to God, people will incite get incited by it. I said that once, and this guy was like, "Eddie Gilbert's one of the greatest of all time. I don't know how you compare it to that fat T-shirt wearing basketball shorts guy." Like, you're not getting the point. Right now, Kevin Owens is is just very good at getting people to hate him, and that's the point I was trying to make. But, you know, it just got... By the way, Lawler and Eddie Gilbert had an amazing feud going. Oh, yes. Yes, that's... Um, wasn't... Was it a... Did he have the, the Loser Leaves Town match with him? Or no? More than likely. They probably had several of them. Uh, the one thing that when you ever say... You bring up Eddie Gilbert and Jerry Lawler to me, you're going to bring up Eddie Gilbert running over Jerry Lawler in the car. I, I remember <laughs> in the car, yes. I remember I remember watching that live and on TV and I looked at my dad because I was young at the time and I looked at my dad and I'm like, Dad, 
Jerry Lawler just got hit by a car. Is he dead? I mean, <laughs> and, and Dad's like, yes, son, I'm sure he's okay. It's all right. He's going to be fine. Well, Doug Gilbert, and they they did they did this big article on the whole thing. Downtown Bruno was in it. Uh, Doug Gilbert was in it. And when Doug, when they ran over the car, Doug looked back and saw Lawler lying on the ground. And he looked at Eddie and he said, I think you just killed Jerry Lawler. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the, the police, people like. The police showed up. The police showed up and Eddie Gilbert had to hide in the studio so he wouldn't get arrested because people were calling the police that lived around. And wait, him. whose car was it? It wasn't Eddie Gilbert's car. I want to say it, I, it probably was the promoter. And who was the promoter at the time? Eddie Marlin. Was the was the it booker been down here? Yeah, and he but like he actually had to hide out in the studio, and Lawler had to come out on television and say, "I'm okay, I'm not hurt." Everybody, and he didn't come out and say it was a story. He didn't break kayfabe, but he's like, "I'm fine." Eddie Gilbert's gotten out of here. It's fine. It, that's, what a, what a time. who owns those those tapes right now? Is it Lawler? Well, Lawler owns some of them. The problem was, and from what Dan, our other co-host. Who um we got who moved away and we're working on getting him back on the show. A lot of the tapes they used to record back in those days, they didn't keep the tapes; they just recorded over them. So you can go on YouTube and search USWA wrestling, CWA, and stuff like that, and get some of it. But a lot of the tapes were gone because, you know, to save money, they just recorded over them every week. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Um, I think I was reading something that a lot of the Rick Root stuff is gone. You can still see that some era. of the uh, Rick Rude. Um, you, you, you can look up. I don't know. There's a Austin Idol and Rick Rude, right? Yeah, Austin Idol. Oh man, he was so awesome. My favorite Austin Idol one. You've seen the video. Uh, it was a cage match, and it was Lawler versus Austin Idol for the title. Paul Heyman was their manager. Was uh, Austin Idol's manager? Yes. Tommy Rich was hiding under the ring, and cost Law the match, and he had to get his head shaved in Memphis, which. You know, the head shaving, that was like the coupe de gras of an angle down here in Memphis. And to see Lawler getting his head shaved, people were climbing, trying to climb the fence to get in there and help Lawler. And the thing I loved about it is if you go back and watch it, Austin Idol, he's not like afraid of them at all. He's actually goading them on. He's in the ring. He's flexing. He's he's yelling at the people. And literally, the cops are pulling people off the cage because they had they think they have to get in there and help Jerry Lawler. <laughs> By the way, I have an answer to whose car it was. Bob in the um, the Facebook group said the car belonged to Brian Lee's girlfriend. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I knew it was someone's car. Yeah, I thought it would have been. Eddie Marlin was the guy. He was actually out there, and Eddie Gilbert pushed him down, and then that's when Lawler came out to you know, make sure. Eddie Man, Marlin what a crazy. I mean, Memphis was that generation, that generation's ECW, but way more you know, publicity and, and uh, following. Yes, it, and it was, and you know, it was for me. It was every Saturday since I was five years old. My dad would sit me down, and we, at ten a.m. every Saturday, we watched Memphis wrestling for an hour and a half. It was an hour and a half TV show, and it was just awesome. I got to go to a couple of recordings back in the day. My dad actually hosted a couple episodes of USWA <laughs> Championship wow. Wrestling. He actually, yeah, he did a couple of matches with Downtown Bruno and Brandon Baxter. Well, wasn't it CWA before that? Yes, it was Continental Wrestling, and then it became it's it's changed over the years. You had CWA, you had USWA, Power Pro Ref Wrestling, and then the last iteration was Memphis Championship Wrestling, right. and that was it. Right. So buddy. there's no more wrestling, no more major promotion. What what's the 
they the, we have some the biggest one down here. It doesn't have a TV deal or anything. Would have to be probably uh, Wildfire Wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lawler Lawler's son runs it. Lawler does a lot of appearances for it, and he'll get Brian Brian Christopher still wrestles down here to this day, and he gets blown up about five <laughs> minutes into a match. <laughs> Do you remember when they brought him back to uh, when Lawler was doing all the stuff with Cole, and Brian Christopher comes out to the ring? does his whole dancing gimmick. He does the little shovel move and everything. And he gets a mic and he finally gets to his dad. He, all you hear is, <laughs> what, poor guy. What do you think, dad? Well, he, uh, yeah, he, he's, he gets blown up about five minutes in. And, uh, and he cheats you know, what was the tag. saddest, uh, the, the saddest could have been, uh, for me, for Memphis wrestling, Jamie Dundee, JC ice and Wolfie D man. JC ice and Wolfie D PG 13. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny, do you, the, back in the Nation of Domination days, they actually had, like, a Memphis chapter, and it was led by PG-13. And then they uh, – Tracy Smothers was a n- member of it, and I think he changed his n- yeah. ma- name to Muhammad Mustafa or something <laughs> like that, like the whitest guy. Yeah, he, joined, on, he joined the Nation of Islam, yeah. Yeah, he was the whitest guy ever. Um, the Spellbinder was in it as Elijah uh, King uh, – Reggie B. Fine, who was, uh, to me, is a legend in Memphis wrestling, was King Reggie. He was making fun of Lawler. Uh, and Reggie B. Fine, this is, before I knew what K-Pape was, we uh, got invited to go to USWA Championship. It was my football team. And we got to wear our jerseys. And before the show, Reggie B. Fine comes out and to, to, just to try to get the crowd going. He pokes his head out, and he's got his bald head, and he looks out, and he says, What's that over there? Looks like a bunch of Girl Scouts. And, you know, us football players, we're like, we're not football players. We're, 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 we're not Girl Scouts. Yeah. You shut up. And during the match, I mean, his head was balder than anything. And uh, he got taken down. And, you know, he'd say, ref, he, stole, he pulled my hair. You don't have any hair. And then shut up, Girl Scouts. It, you know, it's it was it's just amazing looking back at how much control certain wrestlers could get over you. In a show. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I, Memphis is one of those fascinating territories where you would have such bizarre things like Psycho Sid being down there and holding the title. Yeah. Uh, you would have the fake the fake Diesel and fake Razor there feuding with uh, Bill Dundee. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, like you, you, it was so with Dutch Mantel's hanging out in the back. Like it was such a bizarre uh, ragtag group of people on TV every week. Well, and do you remember uh – I think one of his first gimmicks before he was ever Psycho Sid, do you know what he was doing in USWO wrestling? He was wearing a mask, and, God, what was his name? It, it was the Mad Max character. Uh, the Mad Max character. Yeah, he had the Blaster, mask. But uh, now I can't think of his uh, – well, Lord I mean, Humongous. Uh, Lord well, Humongous. Kama, wasn't Kama yeah. the Undertaker? Wasn't the, the Godfather the, the Undertaker? Kama, what was he? He was something down here. I don't he know. wasn't. He was before he was Papa Shango. Grave Digger or something like that. The Grave Digger, but who was the Undertaker in Memphis? Oh, Mean Mark Callis. Mean Mark Callis. Mean Mark Callis. One of the. Well, was he the Undertaker down there? No, no. He, he, dude. Oh, okay. So he was. He was actually more of like the biker taker. And he, when he would come out, he'd had a little more energy to his promos. Man, he's like, <laughs> yeah, Jerry Lawler, you come over my face, and we're gonna get in a little fire, you know. <laughs> Going back and seeing that and then seeing him transport. Mankind. I remember we saw Mankind on USWA Championship Wrestling the night before the month before the Monday 
that he debuted, and I saw this character. I'm like, whoa, what the, what the <laughs> fuck is that? What kind of mask is that? I've never seen it before. And then he has imagine on Monday, the following Monday, you get to see him debut right on Monday Night Raw, and it's just incredible yeah, the talent so we've gotten to see come through here. You know, the Rock, the Great Rock, talk. Kurt Angle. <laughs> yep, Rock and Kurt Angle. Flex Kavana. Yeah. Flex Kavana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kurt Angle came down here. He actually kept his name, and uh, yeah, but so, so let's get out of here, Andrew. I know you've got other things you got to do. I appreciate you, you coming. Bedtime for me. Yeah. Bedtime for me. Yeah. <laughs> I still got to edit and do all this other stuff. And but uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, please Absolutely. use this time to promote anything you got going on. Uh, Matt Men. Uh, it's a pro wrestling podcast we record each and every week. Go to gfknetwork.com. You can check it out there. Any other podcasts you guys do? Yeah, I do a whole bunch of stuff, but that's the important one right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. Head over to OversellPodcast.com and check out the Amazon link right underneath the main player. Guys, it's simple. You click the link. You do your shopping like you normally would. We just get a small percentage on anything that is made through that link. So help us out by shopping on Amazon.com through OversellPodcast.com. Because it's almost Christmas season again. Oh. It, it's going to be here before you it's know a, it. It's almost <laughs> Easter. you got to buy those Easter gifts. Go yeah. through it through OversellPodcast.com exactly. and check out the Amazon link. Also, be sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. That's the easiest way to get to this podcast. And while you are there, leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment. Let us know, and we will read them on the air as soon as we start getting them. <laughs> Mike, where can folks find you on Twitter? Add WolfMike23. Great. Well, folks, thank you for listening. This has been the Oversell. No, no, but what? What? No oh, superstar shit. of the week. We what almost the? fucked. It's up, like a man. whole new year, oh and you my just God. forgot. I it. Almost forgot. As we like to every, end every episode, <laughs> we like to do superstar of the week. So, guys, who I, I ask you, who is your superstar of the week? The guest goes first. Superstar of the week. Oh, man. Superstar of the week, I would say uh, Kenny Omega. I'm going with Maria Starr for winning her third yeah, straight manager good. of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. And she's a friend of the sh for show. Her husband is a wrestler. And See her at Grizzlies games all the time. Yeah. At, at the Maria Starr on Twitter. I believe that's right. Uh, uh, she's awesome. Very cool chick. I get to hang out with her and Dustin when we do wrestling trivia every couple of months. But congratulations to me a third time. Superstar, our manager of the year. Congratulations, yes, Maria. Yes, the act. Maria star. Me? Two R's. Oh, man. I want to go someone New Japan. I'm going to go Mike Elgin for my Superstar of the Week for winning the New Japan Battle Royal. All right. And, folks, now I can say it. You've been listening <laughs> to the Oversell Podcast.